And day 199, since your president promised Americans he would not stab them in the back and abandon them in the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan, and he did. And Joe Biden now telling people in that Americans in Ukraine, we're not going to be able to help you. You're on your own. Good luck. And it even gets worse. We'll get to this later in the program. The Biden administration literally now has imposed a vaccine mandate on Americans fleeing Ukraine. Oh, that's great. That's brilliant. Well, let, let's do that. Poland is willing to take Americans in. They only need proof of a 20 within 24 hours of that. They tested negative. If they don't have a test, they can get it when they get to Poland. Poland is stepping up and trying to help us out. You know, then and Biden is even making the claim that uh, a Ukraine invasion will make his inflation crisis even worse. <laughs> We're going to blame Putin for that. You know, if you can't blame Trump, who are you going to blame? Um, all of this build up. This is the worst, weakest, most pathetic response to a hostile regime I think I've ever seen in my lifetime. It's humiliating and it's embarrassing. Let's be honest here. Putin amassing troops, 150 to 200,000 troops along the border with Ukraine. Um, all the military equipment in the world. There's not a damn thing that Ukraine can do that's going to stop Putin if he wants, to, if his territorial ambitions are to take over the entire country. Guess what? Militarily, he's going to be able to do it, and there's not going to be anybody that stands up to him. And by the way, I'm not saying America should get involved. I'm not saying that at all. We don't need a shooting war with Vladimir Putin. But the fact that Joe and the rest of NATO and the re all these Western European countries are kissing Putin's ass and and basically say, but, but we're still willing to negotiate. You know, we can come to a compromise. We definitely will. will we'll, we're ready and willing to give you basically whatever the hell you want, Vladimir. That's not how you negotiate with somebody like Vladimir Putin, a hostile actor, a hostile regime with territorial ambitions and troops on the border of a sovereign country. The way you negotiate with them is said, get your troops, get them off the border, send them back to wherever the hell they came from. And then if you want to have a discussion on matters that involve real peace and and real concessions and a working relationship, then and only then will we sit and talk to you. You know, the idea that Joe has sent 6,000 additional troops to Europe. We're not getting in a shooting war. He said it, nor should we get in a shooting war with Vladimir Putin. We shouldn't talk, We shouldn't get anywhere near that. That's Ukraine's problem. You know, I look at Ukraine as, as a country deeply rooted in corruption, especially in government. That's not our role. That's not our job. We're not the world's policemen. Do I feel bad for the people of Ukraine? Absolutely. War is hell. Do I think it's the United States job to be the policemen of the entire world? Nope. Do we have any American interest there? Not really. We don't. If you want to hurt Putin, there is one sure way to do it. Half his economy is based on energy. He's providing all of our Western European allies all of their energy needs. Joe Biden was handed energy independence and also handed America at a point where we were a net exporter of energy. And then, of course, he gives a waiver to Putin, his buddy. I'm sure the Biden family syndicate dealings with Russia and Russian oligarchs and the former first lady of Moscow. I'm sure they have no relevance whatsoever into how Joe is dealing with Vladimir. 
just like the $1.5 billion deal with the Bank of China and the $31 million that Peter Schweitzer talks about uh, in his book that is now number one on the New York Times bestseller list. I'm sure it has nothing to do with the fact that Joe's done nothing about the territorial ambitions of China or getting to the origins of the COVID-19 uh, virus or the crackdown in Hong Kong uh, or the persecution of the Uyghurs. And, and I can keep going. How much forced labor camps in inside of China? No, Joe says nothing. You think the family compromised might have something to do with these issues? Just like he was compromised, Hunter's compromised in Ukraine as well. I don't know. Maybe the perfect person to negotiate it is, is the former crack addict. And we'll send Hunter Biden. He knows all the players. He knows them all pretty well, apparently. So if you really want to hurt Russia, you outproduce them with energy, and you get that energy at a lower rate to our allies in Europe, and guess what? You will bankrupt Russia. That's how you win against Vladimir Putin. But Joe can't do that because Joe is beholden to the climate change alarmist cult that is the new Green Deal socialist movement that has now swept up the entire Socialist Democratic Party in this country. So he's not going to do what's necessary to really battle back against Putin as oil is now 100 bucks a barrel. Good grief. And there's a lag time. Your gas prices are going higher. The cost of everything you buy in every store you go to, it's going higher. The cost to heat your home this winter, it's going higher. The cost to cool it over the summer, it's going to be going higher. And you know what? All of it's preventable. It's a disgrace. It's unbelievable. Um, at the top of the next hour, James O'Keefe, founder, CEO, Project Veritas, has shared with us, we'll show you on Hannity tonight, uh, undercover hidden camera video of the FDA's executive officer, Christopher Cole, uh, saying things like, oh, they have plans that you, you'll have to get an annual COVID vaccine shot. I mean, it hasn't formally been announced yet because they don't want to, like, rile everybody up. Uh, that's interesting. Then you have the FDA executive officer also saying about President Biden that Biden wants to inoculate as many people as possible. Well, we kind of knew that already. He said he go, he's on tape saying that there are plans to vaccinate toddlers. He even says, I don't necessarily agree with this, but toddlers as young as six months old. And he even admits, you know, they, they'll use emergency authorization because not all of this has been tested on toddlers. Again, I go back to, oh, follow the science, but only when the science is convenient to their whatever narrative that they have. It's it's so nauseating. There's no science that shows that six month olds to five year olds or five year olds to 11 year olds are having any bigger problem with covid than they would an average influenza. So why would you give them a shot? Because that's not following the science anyway. So he says, they're, they're not going to approve the emergency authorization for children five years old or less. Uh, but he says they're going to get to that point. They won't have to because of emergency authorization. He's actually on tape saying all this stuff. Talks about the pharmaceutical companies and how there's an, a money incentive for Pfizer and the drug companies to promote additional vaccinations. He said, quote, it'll be a recurring fountain of revenue for the pharmaceutical companies. It might not be that much initially, but if it but it'll be recurring and if they can, if they can get every person required to have an annual vaccine required, mandated, in other words, 
Uh, that is recurring return of money going into their company. Now, the FDA official said the person purportedly in the video does not work on vaccine matters and does not represent the views of the FDA. Okay, now the person that we are talking about is, as I said, the FDA executive director. The update to this story, which I'll let James break at the top of the next hour, is that, in fact, he has a recorded phone conversation with this very person who's embarrassed as hell, trying to downplay what he said on hidden camera. And, in fact, will tell James, I'll give you this little piece of it, that, in fact, he works on emergency authorization of these drugs. So the FDA, that would mean, if true, that he works on that, then basically he was saying what he knew directly and that, in fact, they lied to us. But we'll get to the bottom of that and we'll let you judge and decide for yourself. I mean, unbelievable times that we're living in. It's it's really frightening, isn't it? You know, we'll do this. We'll do this to six month olds. <laughs> show me the science. You keep saying, show me the science. Where's the science? Um, you know, if you watch what's happening, I've been pointing this out. You have Nancy Pelosi. Oh, no, no, no. We're not for defund the police. Oh, no, 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 we're not for dismantle the police. Oh, we don't support those getting rid of, you know, those no bail laws. None of those things. The White House is on tape. Actually, they, their COVID-19 team is announcing COVID is no longer a crisis. Yeah, Beto Bozo O'Rourke uh, on camera saying he's pro Second Amendment. This is the same guy that said, hell yeah, I'm coming. and We're going to take your AK-47s. The same guy. Now, why all of a sudden, why, why this conversion? Um, by the Democrats, because they're reading the polling, because this is an election year, because they understand they don't have a single thing that they can point to that's successful. The border is a disaster. Energy prices, an unmitigated disaster. Um, if you look at the economy, 40-year high inflation and only going higher, that is a disaster. If you look at foreign policy, you got the world's tyrants, dictators, authoritarian leaders. You know, they're running rampant with any geopolitical ambitions, territorial ambitions they all may have. And Biden can't do a thing. They have rightly assessed that this guy's in a precipitous cognitive decline. And now is the time to fulfill whatever ambitions they might have, nefarious intentions they might have. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um and, of course, we have a two-tier justice system can put on top of all of that. It's pretty unbelievable. Um, I have an update on the truckers and the Freedom Convoy, the authoritarian uh, himself, you know, little, little Justin Trudeau, the prime minister, hiding away as he's been in throughout this entire crisis, his decision for the first time in Canada's history to invoke the Emergency Powers Act and the Truckers Freedom Convoy, it's not working. Reports today that they're out there ticketing all of these drivers, et cetera. But anyway, Canadian truckers, um, now they did cooperate. This has been peaceful. Remember in the summer of 2020, Democrats kept saying it's peaceful, mostly peaceful. You know, reports on fake news, CNN's mostly peaceful. And you look over their shoulder and the entire city is like burning down. Well, this has really been peaceful. Anyway, so the Freedom Convoy, and they've opened up thoroughfares so commerce could commence between Detroit and Canada because there's a lot of money, a lot of people's livelihoods at stake. They cooperated mostly on that. I think one or two, a few people got arrested. 
But it's been a peaceful protest. Anyway, so they're staying strong, and they remained entrenched in Ottawa, and they're going to stay there. I've been interviewing them. One of the truckers who led the first convoy to the nation's capital said all demonstrators are undeterred. So now you got this little pipsqueak of a prime minister. You know, he kind of reminds me of, you know, some kid. I'll oh, forget it. I'll talk about that another day. Anyway, he's tra- they're now threatening to take their rigs, put them in prison, fine them $100,000, and take away their licenses. In other words, any means of making a, a livelihood. And these guys are still staying there, and it still looks like they're having a block party. Pretty amazing. What a commitment, finally, to something. You can only push people so far, and this is a predictable result. Thank God they've been peaceful. they got to remain peaceful to stay successful. And the only way they're going to keep the public on their side is if they remain peaceful.